RTI Time Machine. Today's time traveler is John Van Trieste. And the destination Taipei, 1899. Hidden away in plain sight is a piece of Versailles in Taipei. Through most of the year, it's kept guarded behind stone walls, visible over the top to passers-by, but otherwise drawing little attention to itself. Once a month, though, this grand palace opens its doors to the public, letting people in to explore its luxurious interiors and fine garden. This is the Taipei Guest House, home these days to foreign dignitaries on their visits to Taipei. But as the rich woodwork and gold leaf inside seem to hint, it was originally built with an even greater vision in mind, to be a place worthy of hosting aristocrats and royalty. Once upon a time, it did just that. Today, on this latest open house day, we commoners will get to go inside and take a trip back in time. Work on the guest house began in 1899, at the cusp of a new century and at the beginning of a new period in Taiwan's history. It had been only a few years since Taiwan became an overseas possession of Japan, a modernized power on the move with colonial aspirations. The building was put up on the orders of Kodama Gentaro, the fourth Japanese governor general of Taiwan. It was to serve as his mansion and the mansion of all those governors to come after him. The place is an odd but beautiful fusion. Japan had embarked on an aggressive campaign of westernization only a short time before. And here you can see the western styles it introduced to its Taiwanese colony. The first floor is marked by stone arches and the second floor by a colonnaded veranda. The whole thing is topped with a stone slabbed roof punctuated with shuttered garrets. But this was a Japanese colony, and to spell that out clearly, a Japanese-style compound was also built to one side. The front garden with its water fountain may be French in inspiration, but the back garden, where black swans swim past stone lanterns, is purely Japanese. The inside is a lavish world of stained glass, Persian carpets, and classical columns. There are fireplaces here, something you definitely don't see every day in Taiwan. Everything here seems to be ornamental. Even the light fixtures on the walls are shaped like burning torches. Important people began arriving here almost as soon as the workmen put away their tools in 1901. One early guest, Japanese princess Kitashirakawa Tomiko, was of great symbolic importance. When Taiwan had been taken as a colony, it hadn't gone quietly. The princess's husband had died of disease during the military campaign to take the island. Now her husband had been turned into a Shinto god for his role in the campaign, and she arrived herself in Taiwan to attend the dedication of one of his shrines. During the 50 years of Japanese colonization, a number of other nobles would follow her example, making the governor's mansion their home during their visits to Taiwan. But it soon became clear that this kind of space wasn't suitable for the whole retinue this kind of visit required. In any case, there was also termite damage to deal with. 
So the building was renovated, with the facelift completed in 1913. There was more space now, and there were Baroque flourishes on everything, giving it that real Versailles look. Not everything in the newly redone building was what it seemed. This short video tells us that the columns we see outdoors aren't quite as classical as they look. There's no marble here. These are actually built with a metal core in the middle, wrapped up in bricks, and disguised with an outer layer of stone. It didn't seem to matter, though. As you walk around in here, you get the sense that what was really important was that the place appeared impressive. And there are clues here that the colonized Taiwanese were meant to be impressed as much as the VIPs. Taiwanese people were brought in for special events here. At one event, local religious leaders were invited. And a black and white photo on a wall here shows another event where indigenous Taiwanese people were gathered out on the lawn in their traditional clothing. Even some of the decor seems to be sending a message. Following a tour guide into the main guest room, you'll see an odd-looking ornament hanging above the doorway. It looks to be made of plaster. The tour guide says that this is the head of a Formosan sika deer, the skins of which were once an expensive Taiwanese export. The tour guide said that this is a symbol of Taiwan, but mounted here above the door, it looks an awful lot like a hunting trophy. In 1923, the governor's mansion got its first taste of real royalty. The crown prince Hirohito came to Taiwan by ship to inspect his future dominion. Here at the mansion, he was housed in luxury. He received important visitors and ascended a metal spiral staircase to greet an outdoor procession of his subjects. Another royal visited in 1935. This was Yi Eun, the last crown prince of Korea. Like Taiwan, his country had also been colonized by Japan. His royal status, which he kept, may not have given him much power in practice, but his stay here at the mansion added another layer of royal mystique to the place. The days of royal and noble visits were numbered, though. The Pacific War brought Japan's overseas empire to an end in 1945. The same emperor who'd been at the center of attention when he visited Taiwan in 1923 now announced the Japanese surrender. It was decided that Taiwan would now go to the Republic of China, and the treaty confirming this was signed in 1952 right here in the mansion. Without a colonial governor to call it home, the mansion would now begin a transition to becoming the Taipei Guest House. Taiwan's new Republic of China government could barely have hoped for a better place to entertain important visitors. What it might not have expected was that some of the first visitors here would not be dignitaries, but military men. As World War II turned into the Cold War, Taiwan's position became critical. The Republic of China government had lost control of mainland China, and war had broken out in nearby Korea. For a time during these years, U.S. military officials held meetings and events here. 
Over the years, important civilian guests came here too for presidential inauguration parties and political functions. Once in a while, there were even evenings with the stars. In 1956, actress Li Li Hua held a party here where she announced that she would be going to Hollywood. The Golden Horse Awards, Taiwan's answer to the Oscars, decided to hold its party here in 1980. The most important visitors, though, have been the presidents, prime ministers, and government officials who were guests here over the years. Richard Nixon was a guest here during his vice presidency in 1953. Singapore's founding father, Lee Kuan Yew, also came here during a visit in 1981. Hundreds of visits like these have taken place over the years, stretching from Taiwan's period under one-party rule through its transition to democracy. Today, it's the guesthouse itself the government hopes to democratize. It was granted its rightful place among Taiwan's historic sites in 1998. Until 2006, though, all of this history was hidden from public view behind the stone walls. For the first time in 2006, the guesthouse's doors were opened to the sort of people who don't usually get invited to state dinners. These open house events draw in a good crowd. They get people engaged with a century of Taiwanese history, and, amid the elegant furnishings, let them discover the people and events that have filled this place with stories. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another journey through time.